is to connect with the genus loci or the spirit of place. Mm -hmm. Every sort of area has its sort of overarching spirit of place. Okay. And to and to say spirit of place, for instance, spirit of place, my name is Susan. I live here and I would like to be of service. I would like to connect with the nature spirit. And so when you begin to build up this connection with the spirit of place, for instance, here, it's about a five mile, six mile radius overlooking these, this particular upland region. Uh -huh. So that's how I began to connect with the elementals here is to honor this overarching spirit of place. And then after a while, you find that you're guided and this genus loci will sort of guide you on walks or places to go, to feel inspired, to meet different nature spirits or different rocks or trees that will help you awaken or help you to expand or help you with your difficulties. These beings like to receive our questions and if we you got to accentuate the positive wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? If you feel like that's what you want to do. Welcome to Accentuate the Positive. So wonderful to be with you again. I have the delicious songstress and extraordinary being Susan Raven with me today. Welcome to the show, Susan. So good to be here. Thank you. In the UK. Where are you in the UK? I live uh, on the uplands of Mid Wales wow. and it's a Yes, in, in Wales, the land of Merlin. <laughs> ah. And uh, it's a misty day. The, the hills are covered in mist and the trees are turning gold and red. Oh, how beautiful. It's a misty day here in Sydney too, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. And please remember, if you're enjoying the shows, to like and subscribe and leave a comment if you're listening to them on YouTube. I love hearing your comments. And share them with your friends and family. Today, we're going to talk all about the elemental kingdom and much more nature spirits and, and singing and all sorts of things. So let me read you Susan's bio and then we'll get into it. Susan Raven is a singer, songwriter, musician, author and speaker who has produced CDs entitled Glittering Cities and Raven Song. They are regularly played on local and regional radio stations, including the BBC. She is a longtime student of anthropology and an experienced workshop facilitator by Rudolf Steiner for seeing into the super sensible realms. I love that you call it the super sensible realms. Well, I'll ask you about that. And has also trained with Dorian Schmidt, director of Body Dynamic Research Institute. Susan is the author of Nature Spirits, The Remembrance, a guide to the elemental kingdom, featured in many magazines, including Cygnus, not magazines I know, Nexus I know, Star and Furrow, and 
caduceus. Is that how you say it? Yes, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've just written a couple of things down off your website because they were so beautiful. The nature spirits are waiting to be reunited with us. And as emissaries of higher spiritual beings, they wish to be of great assistance to us at this time. But we have to step into their world and meet them in their own territory. It is time to engage in dialogue and relearn a living world wisdom, the elemental kingdom uh, at this critical time in our evolution. Oh, so beautiful and so true. And um, another thing you've said on your website, the task of the troubadour has always been to listen to the wind and anticipate the future, to discern the fine nuances of a spiritual age and to play the dual roles of receiver and transmitter. So, Susan, how did you meet the elemental kingdom? How did they introduce themselves to you or how did you introduce yourselves to them? Well, for most people, a, a spiritual path starts with a crisis. Mm -hmm. And um, yep. so I came to it's anthroposophy, not anthropology. Oh, okay, uh, thank you. Anthroposophy. And this is the philosophy oh. and uh, the work of Rudolf Steiner. So my crisis came sort of 33. That's a, a sort of classic age for an initiation and for growing into your spiritual path. And I found my way to Rudolf Steiner's work. Now, for those of you who don't know who Rudolf Steiner is, or was. He was a tremendous seer. Um, he was a very skilled scientist, philosopher, but he was also born with the faculty to see into the supersensible realms, these invisible quantum realms. And later on in the talk, I'll be going into these different realms. But he was born with this faculty. He also had the intellect and the uh, philosopher, philosophical insight to gather together science and spirit. He's best known for his Steiner schools, schools. the Waldorf schools, mm. yes. Mm. But his ability developed into this extraordinary spiritual precision. He could look into the quantum realms and describe what the beings of these um, spiritual realms uh, were creating and impulsing into the material world. So I came to this work and uh, I then found my way to his lectures called Manor Symphony. And these are the most exquisite lectures that describe the activity of the elemental kingdom. Mm. And this triggered a very, very deep remembrance, mm. that wonderful feeling that so many of us know when we come across this an exquisite truth that makes you say, of course, yeah, I know this. Yeah, this is a deep and profound truth. Yeah. So mm. I was at the time I was living in London and I was part of the music scene, the acoustic music scene. I was busily um, performing my songs and looking for the record deal, a publishing deal. Mm. And when I came to Rudolf Steiner's work and I began to sort of swim in this amazing spiritual world that he 
wrote about. When you come to, a, we all have our own stream. This was, I knew that this was my stream, my spiritual stream to be swimming in. And after a while of immersing myself in his work, my songwriting changed completely. It developed and it expanded. And suddenly I found I was signed by a major publishing, music publishing company. And it was through Anthroposophy that my music and my lyric writing was enriched. Can you explain to me and others what Anthroposophy mm -hmm. is? So Anthro, that's the um, history of human, the human and Sophia wisdom, the wisdom of the human being in the spiritual world. So, uh, so Anthroposophy infused my musical work and suddenly I was on this great trajectory into developing music. And then the person who signed me left the company. And this is a classic thing, deep and profound disappointment because I was not going to go on this life's, or apparently not going on this life's mission of being signed by a record company. Right. And okay. So, and there's nothing like some deep, disappointment to really yeah. <laughs> drive you further into your oh, your spiritual path absolutely susan and this is happening to so many people on the planet right now in many ways mm. disappointment in that their businesses failed or you know that uh disappointment in the political system anyway mm -hmm. deep disappointment happening a lot but yeah it does it it drives you into it drives you it drives you into yourself and what are the capacities that i have what are my capacities to get through this and what am i here for i was i was um i chose and i was chosen to incarnate at this time right. what is it i'm here to bring exactly. so <clears throat> that's when after this sort of disappointment um it was very clear that living in london and um which was amazing. I mean, I met people from all over the planet. How long and, ago was this? What year was this? Um, I left London in 1998. So I've okay. been up in the up the uplands of Wales now for over 20 years. Yeah. And when I came to Wales, this is when I really began to immerse myself in the uh, the elemental kingdom because it's still very wild here. Wow. And... Um, wild uplands, pasture land. And, uh, <clears throat> and then there was this, this sort of feeling that grew, the gut feeling that grew, that I had to bring an understanding of the elemental kingdom and the nature spirit to people in a way that was accessible. Mm -hmm. Because Rudolf Steiner's work is pretty intense and mm -hmm. it's not easy reading but in a way it doesn't need to be because the very understanding and the grasping of his work um, develops and nurtures and matures one's soul but I felt because of the ecological crisis we're in it is so so important that we find out about the elemental kingdom and the nature spirits and begin working with them. And of course this year and recently we've had these huge, huge outpourings and gatherings around the planet in the cities 
and on these plaques are I am a sovereign being and um, freedom. So after this huge turbulent time that we're in, how do we meet this freedom? How do we work with our sovereignty? And after the turbulence, you know, who are we going to be and how are we going to work? And I feel the most important the most profound and important thing to do is to begin working with the earth herself. There needs to be working with the angelic realm and working with the earth, working with the wisdom of the earth. Absolutely. Do you, have you heard of Dr. Zach Bush? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So would you include the biome as part of the elemental kingdom? Yes. I mean, we have the... We have the super sensible ecosystems and the um, physical ecosystems, and they're sort of interwoven with each other. Mm -hmm. They're completely interwoven with each other. And for for at least 200 years, our, our way of perceiving the world around us has been so narrow and Mm. so thin and the decisions that we've made in this thin narrow corridor of perception has caused untold ecological disaster Disaster. absolutely so the most the key thing now is to expand this um corridor or or this sphere of perception Mm -hmm. And our our ability to connect in with the elemental kingdom and the earth, she has the wisdom. She Mm. knows how to get out of the impasse we're in at the moment. Absolutely. And it needs, first of all, it needs to start with the schools. And I'll give you an example, two examples, very moving examples. Uh, I have uh, two friends who are kindergarten Steiner teachers. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, she puts a large earthenware pot of porridge outside in the playground and the children put their little paws in there and go and put porridge under the trees for the gnomes. Oh. And uh, they decide together, the children, they come together and they work together as a little team where are we going to build the shrines for the gnomes? Where are we going to build the homes for the elementals? And then another teacher says that she works with them and they perceive and speak about the elementals, the gnomes, the fairies, as a matter of fact. Fact. It is fact. And... It's this matter of a fact that needs to be nurtured from that very age. and It it doesn't need to be dropped. It needs to be nurtured and expanded so that we, when we move out of this turbulence and into the future, we go in this tri-form. We work with the elementals with us and around us and below us and the angelic kingdom above us. And we work it as a team because human beings for so long 
have been in this state where we believe we have, when we observe nature around us, we have to fire our intellectual hours, our um, arrows rather. Mm -hmm. We have to fire these, this quiver of intellect, intellect at something to work out what it is. Mm -hmm. Now we need to develop what I call reverse will, mm -hmm. which is quietening our will forces, creating a space like a stage where the curtains come apart, creating this place that I can describe as stroking the baby's head, this soft place of honor and openness and allow the beings of nature to come to us with their wisdom. We can do both. It's not putting the intellect and the questioning um, aside, of mm. course, but mm. finding the right question is the most important thing. But it's quietening this will force so that we can begin to hear the language of nature, discern its vocabulary, and begin this dialogue. And I'll give you an example, for instance, what I've been doing with various colleagues is that we've been looking into tree diseases. Mm. And we summon the being of the tree itself. We summon the beings of the pathogens, the fungi, and we then summon the being of the disease itself and send out the questions, go into reverse will, open the stage and invite the wisdom to come to us. Mm. So <clears throat> it's, it's agreeing on a methodology and using the rigors of science and having a set, well, well it's a, a mobile, methodology but agreeing on this methodology and again using the heart the third eye and the solar plexus these three cauldrons of inspiration these three key um, powers in the human being using these three as instruments of diagnosis mm and also using them when one goes down into the heart and you send out a beam from your heart to let's say a tree or a rock or a stone, this ray of pure attentiveness is like a cable of communication. Mm and you're allowing this uh, give and take between you and the being of the phenomena. I've got a pot, a big pot out here with some gardenias in it that are dying. One, one's died and I sent it healing energy and I fed it and I watered it and I did all this stuff, but I didn't think to ask it what it needed. You're just like reminding me. I didn't ask it. I didn't speak to it. I didn't communicate. I just... Tried to we heal think, it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't ask it. I should have asked it because one is well and truly dead. The other one, you know, there's two 
plant side by side. One died. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another pot, an equally big pot on the other wall, which is thriving. And, um, yeah, I just didn't think to ask it. I'll have to go speak to it after this. <laughs> yes, and, and as I said, finding that um, you find the question, you send the question, and then usually we're sort of, every, you know, we're sort of um, straining every nerve to hear what the, quest, the, the answer is. But it's this whole thing of just spinning back into reverse, reverse will. Absolutely. And, and, you know, so many of us find it difficult to go into this reverse will or quiet in the will forces. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's what, so when we see these plaques that say freedom and sovereignty, it's, yeah, how do we meet it? And how do we take it into the future? And how, because I believe the earth can heal herself quite quickly. Yeah. When, 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 when there's enough of us that then go back into the heart and, and go to her and say, well, what can we do? Yeah. And of course, this um, station programs like yours, like Rick at Buddha at the um, gas yes, pump, right. so many p- people now are interviewing people all over the world oh, that, yeah. have, that have ideas, have solutions, have the imagination and inspiration and tuition to pull us out of this impasse. And Gosh, absolutely. <clears throat> I had a beautiful man on the show, Australian guy, lives in Perth, David Kennett, and he has a business called Aurea Earth Frequencies. And mm-hmm. um, he does what you're talking about, but he doesn't know it. Like he knows it, but he doesn't, he just says he's talking to God. You know, like he he divines and he says, God tells me where to go. And what he did was he bought this absolutely, um, there's a lot of land, especially in Australia where there's been mines and they've just desecrated. So this completely desecrated land that was just salt, it was white with salt. And people were like, you can't grow anything on this land. And he just talked to the, you know, I said to him, you're talking to the nature spirits, you're talking to the element. And he goes, I'm talking to God. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, he's... (laughs) He's, and he has totally, he's like planted thousands and thousands of trees and they're flourishing, absolutely flourishing. And, uh, yeah, he's just regenerated the land. And, yeah, because he's communicating with the land, with the spirits and the elementals and the land, yeah. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. That's great. So he's, he's seeing it as um, this great entity yeah. of, of, of the God. I mean, one can describe, you know, the universe is, um, you know, it's one vast being, Mm. one huge, but it's a plurality. Mm. It's a plurality of uh, hierarchies of angels or or great intelligences that comes down in layers. It's like the layers of God. Mm. And, you know, some people connect in that way with this this you know the, with the great entity and others see it as a plurality and mm. sort of hone in on different areas of the plurality one to desc- one can describe our, our universe as one great radiant intelligent space mm. 
that is full of wisdom. Mm. I see the elementals as the blue collar workers. They're the, they're the last reverberation of the cosmic creative word that underlies all existence. Mm. They're the living connective tissue. They exist between the implicit and the explicit, the, um, the invisible and the visible, and between the quantum and material world. They're right on that um, nexus. Mm. Wow. And, and they're the ones that are holding form in its place. So you have the higher hierarchies that um, are the imagination. They are the imaginers. They imagine the ash tree. They imagine the gardenia. And there's, then this imagination comes down through the octaves of manifestation and um, condensation into the form of this imagination. And it's the elementals that are holding this form in place. Because matter doesn't create form, it fills the spaces and the contours um, organized by these invisible forces. Mm. So, and it's it's lovely that you've brought this story the way he, the trees are now growing out of this desolate place. I mean, I recently um, run a workshop, and a lady from South Africa was saying that they, she and her parents had they'd bought this land that was desert, mm. and it was, you know, it was a dying land. And they worked with the nature spirits and especially the spring spirits. The and they spring began as to in give... water spring or as in yes. weather spring. Okay. The water spring. Mm-hmm. You know, the water hadn't flowed for years, mm-hmm. but they worked with the water spirits and the spring spirits and said, you know, we're here to heal the land. Please work in co-creation and collaboration with us. Mm-hmm. And after a while the spring started flowing. It's beautiful, I cry. isn't it? <laughs> yes. Because these beings are so, they've been pushed out of our conversation Mm -hmm. for so long. They've been ridiculed and a curtain of, I would call fear and ridicule has been, and they've been closed off. So therefore they've been left in limbo. And, um, And of course the adversary forces have taken hold they know all about the elementals as well. They've taken yeah. hold of the elementals. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they've, the elementals are having to do time, if you like, or they're having to uphold things that are anti-life mm-hmm. as well as the ones that are holding that are pro-life. But to go back to this farm in South Africa, it didn't take long. It was sort of after 18 months, two years, everything began to come back. The animals, the insects, everything came back. But it started off with this profound heart connection with the spirit of the springs of the water. And um, <clears throat> and these the, the two farmers were 
it was about how they look at something not looking at this land how much money can i get through this and 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 measuring it how many hectares is this it's who can i collaborate with here and what life-giving expression of nature can we create here mm-hmm. that will be of benefit for all mm-hmm. so we need to change our, if it's it's about changing our thinking mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie uh, The Biggest Little Farm? No, I haven't. Oh, I watched it the other day. It's everything you're talking about. It's everything you're talking about. It's a, it's a couple's dream to have a farm and she was very enthusiastic. She just wanted to put everything on there, fruit trees and everything and every manner of fruit trees and all manner of animals and uh, and try and make a living out of it. And it took seven years, but the natural order of things started to come into play so they didn't want to use pesticides when they grew the fruit and they tried to sell the fruit the birds ate the fruit um and then the snails devastated but it just after about seven years the balance just started to hum so that the birds ate the snails instead of the fruit and you know it's it's just incredible how nature just has its balance yeah, just oh, it's a beautiful film. Makes me cry. I get all more teary. Uh, but um, yeah, the biggest, <laughs> biggest little farm. It did quite well. Um, I think I think I bought it on streaming. But um, yeah, they weren't so much talking about communing with the elementals. They did have some guru that um, was helping them, and then he died early in the piece. He was like uh, two years in, and then he left his body. Uh, but yeah, maybe he was talking to the elementals. He just didn't tell them. <laughs> Nature is generating energetic fields that communicate everything in nature's doing. And the only ones who are not plugged in, of course, is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the minute we begin to connect in with this telepathic information that's going on the whole time that that's our way out of the impasse but in a way i mean if we look at this in the as a great sweep of history i mean our and our ancient ancestors of course were and many of the indigenous people of today they're holding this wisdom and it's been for the benefit of us all but let's look at our, um, let's say, the, our Celtic an- ancestors of, the, of um, Northern Europe. I mean, all through the ancient art, there are glyphs of nature spirits and, and, and mm. these beings that live in the rocks and, and the trees and the woods. So, you know, in our ancient past, we were more in this sort of plurality we were let we weren't individuals we were we were fixed into a tribal consciousness that was then fixed into the earth and for our evolution we individuals it's the path of learning to be the individual i mean we needed to learn to use our intellect and we needed to learn to become this i am presence within a single physical body. I mean, that was part of our our evolutionary lesson. But of course, it's gone too far now. 
And now that we have learnt to think as an individual and be an individual, we now need to offer that our individuality in loving service to the earth. That individuality now needs to be shot through with a shimmer of um, connectivity and um, loving service. Absolutely. Oh, I love the way you put that. Yeah, I love the way you put that. I was listening to someone defending our right to be individuals. I think they were talking about a, ma a doctor talking about a mask and how it's, um, how it's taking our individuality away Yes, uh, and um, defending that right to be an individual. And I was thinking about what she was saying. I was thinking, wow, we've defended that right to be an individual for so long, you know, for so yeah. long. Uh, yeah, I love the way you said that. So we do as humans, we, we explore separateness and then we defend our right to be individuals and separate. But how can we, as we emerge into a new world, a new age, how can we utilise that individuality in communion with each other? Yeah, offer yes. service to the earth. Mm. Yes, we need to come back into the family of being. Mm. you know and the thing is that there is you know there's been a huge over the past 20 30 years this huge um impulse for self-development mm -hmm. and self-improvement and of course we can be wonderfully polished and bright and shiny and self-developed self-development self-developed rather but we're on a dying planet or a you know poisoning planet exactly so, so this self-development has to include what is above us in the angelic realm and what is around us in the ecological realm as well. We can't just develop the self. It has now to be in this tri-form. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, for so many years, the ether has been dropped out of the system. We've had the angels... You know, after the Newtonian science, we've had the angels up in heaven and the um, physical earth and the chemical and physical science that has been developed. But there's like a chain in the link has been dropped out, which is this, the ether, that which links the two. And so what do I mean by the ether? When one begins to develop this seership, or you develop the communication, there is what I've already described, this tuning of the heart forces and the quietening of the will so one can receive information and receive inspiration. And then there's also the going out towards nature in an honourable and with honourable inquiry and um, respectful inquiry into this world because the sum of the Earth's ether is the nature spirits and elementals. So what do they look like? So when we begin to go into the ether, the ether is a place of 
mobility and conductivity is the best way of describing it. It's where the shimmering lights are. Mm -hmm. It's when we begin to see an aura around human being, which is like seeing that shimmer on a hot mirage, a hot day. That's what one begins to see. And is it? Sorry, um, oh, well, I'm just thinking I sit here and look out my window. I, I don't have much of a garden, just really a courtyard with some plants. But I see the shimmer. Like mm -hmm. I, I see, I've done it many times. I just blur my vision and stare and I see this multicolored shimmer this multicolored mm. shimmer just in the atmosphere, just in the atmosphere. Like I've got these three or about six or eight of them actually, big strelitzias, like giant strelitzias just here. And that I feel like um, I talk to them. <laughs> I don't listen to them. I should listen to them more. <laughs> I do more listening to the plants. Um, yes. but, uh, but I see the shimmer. So just with the ether, so there's the etheric body and then there is the astral body do you want to talk about what the difference is and okay mm -hmm. okay because that's very key and i'm glad you've asked that question um let's so we have the physical we have the 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 physical form is the last reverberation as i said that drops down into the physical but just before that we have the etheric forces mm -hmm. And this is where the um, the elementals are really in the center of their task. This is their task. So that this is where the life forces are. This is where there's movement, gesture, color, color forms, and streaming. It's the best way of streaming. Mm -hmm. um, it's often called the, the life, the um, the life ether, chemical ether, numbers ether, light ether. This is the shimmering place. This is um, where you will see the shimmer, and you can see the forces streaming in that are downloading the creative information into the physical world. Mm -hmm. And you you say you see this shimmer, you'll see sort of whirls, scintillating whirls of life around that's the incredible. trees and the plants. And <clears throat> so that's that's the sort of living part plant world world. In a in a way, what one sees in the physical is not dead, but it's sort of it's the corpse of the life force. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's stopped. Yeah. I it's yeah. It's sort of it's slowed down, it's and slowed down. yeah, it's the it's the slow, yeah. I'm I'm just thinking I'm just thinking about people that have had near death experiences that talk about being in this world uh, where the plants, where the natural world is just uh, unbelievable. It's like light. It's like light. Yes, and the shimmer and it's the etheric world. It's the it's almost like in that world the ether is the last point whereas in this world the physical is the last point is this making sense absolutely yeah absolutely spot on yeah. absolutely correct and you know manifestations of matter reveal themselves in space at varying speeds of time right and it's at um and it's at the ether that one is 
this sort of variation of time before it drops down into physical. So the more one seeks the ether or you ask a plant when I, as I say, you go into this respectful reverse will and say, please show me your becoming. Please, please show, show me your becoming. Please show me oh. your becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a while, you you will begin to see the struts and the and the struts of shimmer and um, the streaming that's going on, and that will be the ether. And then after a while, enough experience of seeing the becomings, a new vocabulary begins to um, emerge, unfold and emerge and sit in your consciousness. So the astral is more about beings. This is the astral world, the shimmer becomes more translucent. We then move out into vast space. We then move into the realm of beings, the um, the great creator beings. Um, one in the astral one feels that you're being addressed, being looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have this feeling you're being observed by, you know, a, a lofty being. Right. So does a, a plant have an astral body or not just an etheric body? A plant has an, uh, an etheric body, but it also the, the astral feel of the entire earth is a sort of a, a communal astral field right. for the plant okay. world. Whereas a human being has... Um, an etheric, an astral, and of course, an I am presence. Right. The uh, and a soul, of course. And well, and the as a different name. So that you know, mm-hmm. this discussion before there's soul and then there's spirit. How would mm-hmm. you define the spirit in this context? Where does the well, the, fit? okay, with the, there would be the spirit of the earth, Gaia. But I mean, our spirit, because people talk about. Oh, our I see. Spirit. Yeah, like our our soul and our spirit. I've always seen the soul, like the car body that is in incarnate in all these different time space realities. I don't know. I never really know where the spirit is. <laughs> People talk okay. about the, whole, the spirit, our spirit, my spirit. Okay. The spirit or the I am presence. That is your that is your connection with God. I mean, that is your, um, Sir George Trevelyan, who was um, a great anthroposophist, he said, we, our I am present is our droplet of God. Mm-hmm. It's, our, uh, it's our own droplet of God. And then our soul is this, this, uh, <clears throat> great memory of all our experiences of all our incarnations and our feelings and our um <clears throat> you know this personal experience our sort of a cut the akashic record of our our um series of incarnations 
And then our etheric body, we have an etheric uh, body elemental that looks after the workings of our body. Yeah. Have you heard of Maggie Hamilton? No. Yes, I have. Oh, yeah, you have. Did you write yes. in her book? Did she contact no. you for, oh, she wrote this fabulous book. It took her 20 years to write it. And she got all these different people to put their bit in. And, um, yeah, she, so I gave her a piece, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago, having the experience of seeing the element, like seeing the fairies, if you like, the elementals that were pertaining to my body, like mm-hmm. sort of seeing these little lights. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so they, yeah, they, they, they're looking after the like the physical form being an extension of Gaia herself made up of the mm-hmm. same elements also is attended to by the elementals I'm going to I picked out this really beautiful quotation from Rudolf Steiner that for me just shows our deep and profound connection with Gaia so I'll, I'll just give you this quotation <clears throat> And if a being with eyes organized like those of the present day had looked at earth, he would not yet have been able to see man. Man was still a spirit being. He floated as a spirit around the earth and took into himself the finest substances from the environment of the earth. Then gradually he densified so far that he could descend to where the earth had already become solid. A man was not born as he is today, but he was, so to say, brought forth out of Mother Earth herself. Mm. So we are children of the earth and Mm. there's this deep within us is this trauma of the separation, you know, this separation from her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one just has to look at sort of the modern media. There is so much there that pulls us away and disconnects us with the living earth. Mm-hmm. And there's so much invested in stopping us from feeling that sorrow and addressing that sorrow of separation. So there's a great damming up of this sorrow and this sense of separation. And I'll just give you an example. Earlier on in our talk, I was talking about how the kindergarten teachers were nurturing the children to, the young ones, to keep their connection with the elemental kingdom. I was speaking to another teacher recently who looks after children who've been expelled from school. Mm. And she looked after these children from a town in south of England, Slough. And she was working with sequencing and some of them didn't even know the names of the seasons. Really? They didn't know the names of the seasons. And it's like, what's happening to the trees, miss? Right. That level of disconnection, no wonder they are so stressed and they simply can't concentrate in a a modern day school because of what is being taught there and the lack of education that connects us to the earth. 
absolutely you know there's a an amazing um it's a reasonably new documentary out on youtube called earthing it was Mm -hmm. produced by the guy who invented cable television uh and he just offers that connection that physical connection to the earth as the most profound healing Mm -hmm. um watching that documentary it makes you realize you know you're talking about a connection in in you know, a connection in sort of attention ways, but just like physically connecting to the earth, mm. that all shoes, pretty much all shoes today have rubber soles. And so you're completely insulated from the earth herself. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that a lot of our pain and suffering is because of that, because we are part of her as an electromagnetic grid that we need to connect to her to sort of run our energy through her and then up, you know, like to connect physically and electromagnetically um it's so profound and so yeah that movie changed my life I made a commitment to put my feet on the ground every day I haven't actually achieved that (laughs) but yeah uh it's it's true it takes time I mean you know if one comes from a, a stressful situation or what you've been in front of the computer for a long time and you feel dried up Mm. basically Mm. you know going out to the earth earth and sitting under a tree it takes about 15 minutes 15 after 15 to 20 minutes you can feel like a fomentation from the earth like she's just pulling these um this these drying effects she's just pulling them into the earth and she's constituted to absorb these uneasy offerings Mm. and she takes them in for us and if we do it consciously like gracious mother earth please receive these uneasy offerings transform them with your grace and power and return them please to me as useful thoughts and deeds Mm, beautiful so if one does it consciously that grounding then i find it's even more powerful and it's like this fermentation. They take them. It she pulls away this negativity and um, and then replenishes us. Mm. And <clears throat> yes, and also sort of going to water, spending time with the water. I yeah, by obviously with stream. I do that because you know I've got the beach down the road. I live in Sydney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do that with the ocean. When I get inside her, I just love her to bits. I thank her. Um, yeah, I just I just immerse myself in earth, in in the form of water, and mm-hmm. just have a love affair with the ocean. Just yes, a love affair. With it's the ocean. so did yes. I mean, the minute you, um, mother sea, mother water, you know, and you just abandon yourself to her it is such an exquisite caress absolutely such an exquisite caress such an exquisite caress oh wow just reminder yeah reminder of my commitment to put my feet on the earth every day and I haven't done it but um and also with with our thinking and of course going back to the texture of the etheric and and the uh, what is happening in our soul When you begin to awaken this seership and this perception and you develop this capacity for looking into the etheric world, you begin to see the consequences of your 
thoughts, feelings and deeds very clearly. And going into heart co coherence, you begin to then see these sort of waves of, of the shimmer and the light going out and how this actually affects the morphic field of your area mm. and the morphic field of you know, your surroundings. But of course, we're under very stressful conditions at the moment. And of course, finding this heart coherence is quite some challenge at the moment. But we really help the earth. It is, unless it isn't. Yes, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's easier yeah. to find your heart coherence under any condition because it's, it's who you are. It's, yes, it's yes. just. It's just who you are. So, what is your perspective on what's happening with the virus in in regards to the elemental world and the biome? And what do you think about everything that's happening in the world like that? I think when we had the early lockdown was exquisite. Just the peace and the quiet was extraordinary, wasn't mm. it? We could hear the universal hum of the creation of Earth because mm. everything just stopped. Yeah. And it was exquisite to see these clear blue skies and to actually stop and see what's possible. In fact, going back to this phrase reverse will we were all shoved into reverse will whether we liked it or not you know and True. it was very healing mm. and in in a way we were forced into this this piece and it's still quite quiet out there i was just looking on facebook mm. today a friend of mine was reunited with his family in uh, bali he came out here to do the sound healer came out here to do a workshop and got stuck here and they mm -hmm. couldn't come anyway. So they've been separate for six months. So he was posting him being at the airport and, you know, yay. And the airport was absolutely empty. Like there was no mm -hmm. one behind him. So it's still quite quiet in many yes. ways. Another friend came from Scotland. Her mother had died and she said the same in Scotland. The airport was completely empty. All the planes grounded and plane was quite empty. So it's still quite quiet out there. Not in Sydney, I've got to say, not where I live. They're buzzing around like mm -hmm. this and business as usual. But out there in the world, it's especially in airports, busy places, um, stillness. Mm. Yes, and being on pause, being mm. on pause. Mm. And, and being on pause is, is a very creative place to be. And it's, you know, this contemplative, you know, who am I and why am I here? Um, and you know what what is my task is so important for us and you know we're human and of course we have fears and and of course we have doubts and anger and frustration but it's how we manage it mm. and, and, and how we go forward with this and to understand how our thoughts, feelings, and actions affect everything around us. And, and being on pause has helped so many people to really contemplate that. And it's too much to say, well, I'm gonna have to be in co heart coherence all the time. We're learning how to get to back into heart coherence. But when we lose our temper or, or we lose our center, how do we manage what we recreate etherically with 
our anger or our sadness and our sorrow. And there's this very beautiful phrase that comes from a service called the act of consecration of man. And it's, may the threshold be guarded, a wall hinder my error from streaming round me, or evil be taken from my words, thoughts and deeds and goodwill pour into them. So it's, you consciously create this sphere around you, you know that you're human and of course you're going to be pulled this way and that, but you consciously put up this membrane so it's not affecting nature too mm. much. So that's one thing is just to sort of be conscious of what we are raying out in the etheric. Also, I feel This, as you, as we all know, there's this huge awakening, and also there is gifting by ruling will is the best way I can describe it. And that is, we know that raying down there is this new light, and it's described in so many ways. It's described as, you know, moving from the third dimension to the fifth dimension. Right. It's um, described as a rapture, it's described as a new earth. In the say, stream, say it, that again. Ruling will set that was so beautifully said. I say that again. Gifting um, by ruling will. Will yes. But can you explain that a bit? Well, I mean, we have like moving from the third to the fifth, but mm -hmm. yes. So gifting by ruling will. We have. <clears throat> Ruling will is what is coming in from the highest hierarchies, from the so Christ. Thy will, not my will. Yes. Right. So it is the ruling will of creation okay. raying down, raying down onto the planet. Uh -huh. And then there's human will and everything in between. So, for instance, it's not a static, it's not a static um, communication between the creator beings and the elementals. I mean, if it was just like one sort of bolt of lightning giving the same information the whole time, the earth would never change and there would be no reason for human beings to incarnate again and again because we wouldn't gain anything. Mm -hmm. So it's where ruling will and human will collide and that's what creates our reality. But at the moment, as we go into the new earth, there's this new, new pulse of what I would call ruling will that mm -hmm. is coming in. And we are accelerated, you know, accelerated evolution at the moment. In anthroposophy, this is described as a new wave of elementals that are coming into the earth. Oh, okay. The, these are called the, the Christ elementals. Mm. Um, and so there's this new form of elementals that are raying in that are here to help to enliven the earth more, enliven the dying earth existence. And Rudolf Steiner speaks of these um, the coming through the sun. And he says he puts it in in the sense of the Christ. The Christ is 
the crisis living in the etheric field of the earth at the moment. And these Christ elementals and the Christ consciousness is awakening the scientists, the politicians, the, um, the businessmen. It's no longer Christ's um, looking after the suffering souls, which of course the Christ does, but it's also about this Christ force really awakening people out of their stupor. And we can see this. It's like there's this yes. ray of morality is shuddering through everything, awakening, especially in the scientific um, community. There are some amazing people, as Greg Braden and Nassim Harriman, oh. William, T William Tiller. These are profound, powerful beings that have incarnated at the moment that are, I would say, really immersed in, in, in these new elementals. And of course, there's the, the new inventions that are being stamped on the new free energy um, technology that we hear so much about. Now, if you're an advent inventor, I can, I bet every one of these um, new inventions, the inventors are working with the elementals and the nature spirits. They may not speak in that vocabulary, but mm -hmm. they are being inspired by these beings, these new beings that are raying into the earth to awaken us. And, and where do the um, extraterrestrials fit into this that have, you know, information and technology to give humans as they evolve. I know that many have said that they're holding back the technology because we need to evolve our consciousness first. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, we already have technology where we can wipe everyone, you know, everything out. But um, mm -hmm. we, we, that's the fine, mm, mm. the fine balance, isn't? Yeah, I mean, there is technology, amazing technology. Um, but if used nefariously, it's so dangerous, uh, you know, uh, propulsion yes. technology, which is beyond motors. And uh, so where, so how does the elementals and, and the extraterrestrial, how, how do they dovetail? That's an, interest, an interesting thought. Obviously, you know, the universe is inhabited by, you know, so many beings mm -hmm. that manifest in such different and varying forms. Mm -hmm. But like all of all of us, like us humans, the extraterrestrial beings, these high loving light filled and honorable beings, I mean, they're doing the ruling will of God as well. Absolutely. They are under Absolutely. ruling will. Absolutely. And but their civilizations is completely uh, shot through with morality where, you know, a, a sort of heavenly morality and mm. love, whereas mm. we're sort of scrabbling around, finding our way to love. I and think, it's interesting. Sorry. Oh, I, was just gonna say, I think with many of them, not all, uh, the establishment of the oneness of all is just the reality and not mm. something that they're seeking. It's something they live. And then once they've established mm. in, uh, you know, that we're all one source, now what? Now what we, can we create through mm -hmm. our intellect and will and a creative process? Uh, but as humans, just like we're just waking up to that fact and um, that, yeah, we're all, we're all one energy. We all come from the same source. Yes. Yeah, so 
Uh, and mm. and yes, I was just watching an interview with um, <clears throat> the, the makers of the new Thrive 2. Thrive, yeah. What did you yes. think of that? I haven't actually seen the film yet. I just saw a, a little bit of an interview and it was this was really interesting just veering back to the new technologies. But the inventors are these very enlightened and amazing people that have obviously been inspired and connected with the, 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 the nature spirits and the elementals and ruling will. And how tentative they are to hand these over to the big money. You know, who who can I hand this exquisite technology over to? Mm -hmm. And there's such reticence to hand it over. But of course, now that um, hopefully there will be millionaires, billionaires who are moral and see that our forward movement has to take into account everybody it has yeah. to take into the earth absolutely um so absolutely. i would say the christ elementals are you know permeating the billionaires and millionaires now yeah gosh i hope so i had a conversation with zane daniels about this uh, i think last year you know just just seeing that too um you know we get so much information about big big corporations ruling the world and and coming from from greed and separateness, mm -hmm. consciousness, uh, rather than seeing that as a reality, you know, creating or seeing a reality where people with lots of money, billionaires, are being inspired by the ruling will, as you call it, and mm. and 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 then understand the unity of all, and uh, and regardless of ridicule or loss of money, they're investing in technologies that serve all don't they don't just serve mm. the bottom line bank account of the shareholders they serve mm -hmm. all the earth and the and the humanity and the animals you know they serve every everyone and everything so it's a good thought susan it's a good it's a good place to put our focus as we focus on all that goes wrong in our world it's a great place to put our focus on these mm -hmm. scientists and billionaires as you say waking up and being inspired by that Christ consciousness, mm -hmm. yeah, unity consciousness, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just getting back to what you said right at the beginning of this about the elementals wanting to commune with the humans and how we've been separated. One of the people I had on the show, I talk about a lot, Garnet Schulhauser, taken out of his body by his spirit guide, uh, Albert, who appears to him as a homeless man and flown around the cosmos in his astral body <clears throat> meeting all... <laughs> kinds of consciousnesses in outer you know and other planets and on the earth has met many of the elemental spirits the the fae and the and the um the little people i don't know what do you call them the she the, the she, she. Mm. and uh and the sasquatch and, and mermaids like incredible it's incredible it blows your mind really all these things that are supposedly mythical are apparently real and all of them have said we would love to be um, back in communication with humanity uh, but up until now humanity well not all, all of history but for the last epoch era has just been too violent and mm. um, they separated themselves from humanity because of the consciousness really 
with the violence and the yeah but um hopefully soon that we'll commune with them again and i know lots of people do uh, mm -hmm. yeah. so obviously you're one of them that do you do you commune with them and talk to them do you see them yes i would say one of the key things to do for anybody who would like to start or who's new to this subject is to connect with the genus loci or the spirit of place mm -hmm. every sort of area has its sort of overarching spirit of place okay. and to and to say spirit of place for instance spirit of place my name is susan i live here and i would like to be of service i would like to connect with the nature spirit and so when you begin to build up this connection with the spirit of place, for instance, here, it's about a five mile, six mile radius overlooking these, this particular upland region. Uh -huh. So that's how I began to connect with the elementals here is to honor this overarching spirit of place. And then after a while, you find that you're guided and this genus loci will sort of guide you on walks or places to go, to feel inspired, to meet different nature spirits or different rocks or trees that will help you awaken or help you to expand or help you with your difficulties. These beings like to receive our questions and if we can go into reverse will and allow their vocabulary and their language, which is a language of imagery and feelings, mm -hmm. fine nuances of feelings, mm -hmm. they communicate with us or they read us by the feelings that coat our thoughts. Mm. So it's coat our thoughts. <laughs> oh God, your vernacular, your vocab is so beautiful. The feelings so, that coat our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's how they get to, to communicate with us. And then after a while, the genus loci will then ask you to help the area. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, recently, I came in from a walk and then I could feel the, I felt this pushing to go out walking again. And I was directed to an area that, of this radius that I very rarely go to. And it was a little dell that I've driven past many, many times but never discovered. And I found it in deep distress that mm. some rogue farmers had thrown bags of dead lambs into the mm. stream. Mm. The um, British telecom engineers had thrown scrap cable into the stream. The whole place was really, really in profound distress. And it took us pretty much the whole day to clean up this place. Mm. But afterwards, you know, we sang songs, we sprayed some rescue remedy and just sat by the stream in a loving way. And <laughs> the, the elementals were just so happy. But I'd never have worked that out unless I'd built up this strong connection with the genus loci. Because sometimes the world's problems look so big and so enormous, but if everyone just connected with the, the genus like I, spirit of place, where they live, 
even if you're in a town or a city, it doesn't matter, you will be led to places or to people where you can evolve and grow on this path. Oh, there's this phenomenon happening with your um, with your microphone. It just goes into a different resonance every now. Well, it's gone done it twice. It's really interesting. Just, yeah, just really interesting. I think it has something to do with them, actually. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, Susan. What about people that are living in cities and there there's not a lot of natural world around them? Is there a genus loci of a city? A built-up yes. area, there is. Yes, there's right. an angel of a town. Right. Let's call it the angel of the town or the spirit of the town. And if you're if you're living in a city, it's yes, you will be led to certain parks or certain trees that are inhabited by usually the city trees. They're formidable nature spirits. They're tough, rough, strong beings. But usually with a city, it's about the genus loco will help you connect with other humans. Oh, wow. You know, the, these, this connection with other beings who are um, resonating with the same love for nature or even putting you in touch with people who are ready to receive this kind of information. So it's right. about people. It's about meeting other souls. Mm, that's so beautiful because so often I have a online tribe. So often I hear from people that say, you know, I'm, I'm online with you guys because there's no one around me that thinks like I do. So what we could say to those people is speak to the genus loci of your area and ask them to connect you with people who think the same way, who are open. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's perfect yes go go to a place in in the town one of the parks or or just somewhere where you can go into this reverse wheel into this sort of gracious pause or even build a shrine in your house um taking sticks stones or, or something from your town and make a shrine a little temple and have this as your portal, as your gateway to the genus loci. Genus loci, my name is, um, I wish to be of service to the earth and this area. Please guide me to meet um, the nature spirits and the human spirits of this area, that I may do thy work. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to cry again. I live in a street called Melody Street. And we've just gone into spring on this part of the earth. And a couple of weeks ago, I was walking down Melody Street and I was taking photographs of all the flowers and I uploaded them all to Instagram. It was like Melody Street was literally singing. (laughs) There was so many flowers just in people's gardens, like hanging over fences. And yeah, it was just, yeah, I felt like the earth was singing just just blooming it was just beautiful and I and I took like about 10 photographs and said this is just in one street in Coogee like this is just my street Melody Street mm-hmm. um okay so music let's talk about music you said here to participate in a beautiful song whether to listen to it compose it or perform it 
is to step out of the demands of linear time and approach the essence of who we really are. My many years as a songwriter and performer have encouraged me to go ahead uh, and petition the hidden spirit within nature to reveal its inspirations and imaginings. So how have they inspired your music? Oh, so much. And um, during the introduction, I have a third album out, which came out last month called Charioteer. And that is very much. Oh, that's um, the one you sent me. I didn't write it down. Sorry. Yeah. Charioteer. Yes. Okay. And um, there's my uh, YouTube video of Ride the Storm. is really a song for our time mm. no once you get to know the, the the nature spirits they will inspire you in whatever field whatever your craft is mm -hmm. um, they can come and help you expand that craft I'm, I mean I'm blessed to live on these uplands the rocks the trees the skies everything here is just bursting with inspiration I mean the genus loci and all the nature spirits are very generous. And I just take my feelings, my thoughts, and um, craft them into songs. And I've this recent album I've tuned to 432 rather than 440 um, hertz, which is a little bit lower and it sort of resonates more with the heart. And I find writing a song about the grace and the beauty of Earth and my interaction with her and um, our journey as a human being on the Earth, crafting it into vocabulary and placing it on <clears throat> music that enhances the, the, the heart force is just such a a great thing to do. I mean, I've been singing for a long time. My mother taught me how to play guitar and, and I'm blessed to have an amazing partner who's a wonderful guitarist. He plays his guitar upside down and the wrong way around. So he <laughs> creates these incredible chords and... Um, <clears throat> and technical. <laughs> yes, yes, he's, he's very adept with the technical thank goodness and <clears throat> so it's my way of singing the wisdom of the land is is through through the earth mm -hmm. through 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 the songwriting and it's a delicious thing and when a new song comes through it's just gorgeous i love it mm. and uh recording it's not quite so delicious i mean Forcing these, when you sing a song, music and sound goes on out into infinity. So when you see somebody perform live in a beautiful auditorium with no PA system, what you list, yes, what you listen to goes on to infinity. Mm. And when I'm <clears throat> being inspired and bringing through a new song, I'm experiencing that infinity of, of, mm. of sound. When you go to the equipment in a recording studio, you're having to sort of squash it down into sort of a limited um, sphere. Bandwidth. Which, mm. Yeah, and bandwidth. Mm. And sometimes that can be a bit painful, but 
writing the songs and performing them live is is, is an, a lovely task. I've always felt I was a troubadour. So, do you do a lot of live performances? Not so much this year, but yes, we <laughs> yes, do. Not so much yes. this year. When you we, can. we we will be doing some live ones on Facebook quite soon. Little little mini concerts. I find that um, people, you know, just three or four songs is yeah. Is a nice will that be on your Facebook page or profile page? Facebook page. Um, Facebook page. Yes, okay. we'll, Which I'll let is you know your name, isn't it? Uh, yeah. so, no, it's Susan Raven. I have to have a look. Susan Raven Music. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for people who want to hear more of your music and find out more about you, your website is susanraven.com. Yes. And your book is on there as well and CDs and your YouTube and you've got a YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me just have a look. Uh, Susan Raven Music. I thought it said something else. Where's that song? Uh-huh. I Susan Raven, singer, songwriter, author, speaker is the name of your Facebook page. Right. Yeah, it's a big title. Thank you. <laughs> for people, because I searched for it today and found it. Well, there she is. <laughs> I purposely I, I purposely don't go onto Facebook um, because I just try and keep as much of my time uh, in the creative field as, as much as possible and not to be too much in front of the screen. Satch, my partner, looks after my Facebook page. Oh, does he? Yes. So that prayer that you sent me, is that the one that you read out before? Is that another one? I remember I am spirit of nature too. I respectfully... Is that the one you read out before? No. Shall we no. finish Shall we finish with that? Do you want to read that one out, the one you sent me no. on the email? I'd like you to read it. Oh, <laughs> I always get things wrong. Okay. A prayer and... Slowly. A prayer and petition to the nature spirits and elementals. I remember I am a spirit of nature too. I respectfully seek admittance to your domain that I may with grace and reverence co-create with the beings of your world. Makes me cry. In the name of love, I allow you to instruct me and I prepare a place of warm welcome in my heart and mind for your world wisdom to enter my soul. May the responsibility it brings ripen my understanding, deepen my feeling and guide my willing that I may walk as a true human being through the kingdoms of nature in which we all share the gift of life. It's so, so beautiful. beautiful. I got through it without <laughs> crying. It's so good to oh. hear it from with another voice, voice from someone else. Thank it's you. Beautiful. That was beautiful. I'll post it on the uh, YouTube and um, put it on my website page so people can see it. Oh, Susan, it's been such a delight. It's been so fascinating. I've learned so much from you today. I'm sure there's so much more to uh, mass is more yes mass is more <laughs> and uh people can uh, find out more in your book i i yeah i suspect mm-hmm. there's more in your book and uh anything you'd like to leave us with any last pearls of wisdom 
one of the key things that I learned from the spirits of the earth, sometimes they're called the gnomes, is that the one thing the nature spirits are most distressed about is when we um, put ourselves down, mm. self-flagellate. It creates a stench and a clamor on the ether wow. when we so love thyself, honor thyself, raise self-love within yourself because it's so important we cannot meet them when we dislike ourselves mm. they know what radiant powerful beings we are and what potential we have when they see us um in this sort of mindset of um, self-judgment it's distressing for them so honor yeah. thyself be impeccable with your word one of the four what is it who put that out can't remember his name you know it's so interesting i have a good friend who i had on the show recently who paints angels i'll connect you two you'll love each other anyway and she said exactly the same thing in a group the other day we had exactly the same thing she came over to my place to do the group because she lives in the Blue Mountains here, but she was in Sydney and she didn't have good internet. So she came and, and she said exactly the same thing. It's so, so the message has come twice in the last couple of weeks. So mm, honor thyself, be impeccable. Don't, don't uh, put yourself down. Mm. Yes. Oh, thank you again, darling one. It's just thank been so you. <laughs> it's been lovely. Really enjoyed it. Incredible conversation with Susan amazing yeah we had some interesting anomalies with the sound it was interesting wasn't it I had some pretty sure it was the elementals but oh, I learned a lot uh from Susan I invited her to come in as a guest in the inner sanctum next year we're looking around May but because she's in the UK it'll be a different time to the normal time I do it anyway we have to work on the, those things because here it is 7.30 p.m. my time and it's like uh, 9 o'clock in the morning for her, 9.30 in the morning for her, I think, at the moment. So uh, we have to work out a time where it suits everybody. Mm. Might be late at night here and middle of the day for people in the Europe and UK and early in the morning for people in the States. Anyway, got to sort that out. But, oh, Wow. Mm, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen to that again because there's so much I need to listen to again. I can't remember all of it. Speaking to the spirit of place. Oh, that was beautiful, wasn't it? Wasn't that beautiful? Just beautiful. I loved that. I love that. I never know. I never know what I'm going to get myself into when I have these conversations and they always surprise me, always. I think, hmm, I wonder what we're going to talk about. Even when I listen to them on other people's shows, like I had a bit of a listen to her on Buddha at the Gas Pump, uh, we went completely different places than we'd, he did. And, uh, yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, the cat's destroying the couch over there, so I better go. <laughs> cats. And um, please stop it. And, uh, yes, what, what else do I want to say to you? Oh, I don't know. There's so much to say. 
um, coming up in the Inner Sanctum. Hopefully Penny Kelly's coming in. She still hasn't confirmed, but um, she should be coming in. And um, John Oneness is coming in. Uh, Sage is going to come in the month after. And uh, I think we've got Mother Mary. I think Danielle Gibbons is coming in at the end of the year, December. And we also, and me, I'm teaching deliberate creation, how you flow your energy, how you get more deliberate. But listening to Susan today, just put some puzzle pieces in place. The etheric realm, just, I suppose, some technical pieces, how how manifest, manifestation happens with that etheric energy and our emotions, our thoughts wrapped in emotion. What did she say? Covered in emotion is the way we speak to the etheric or the way the etheric coalesces and creates this reality oh it's so interesting it's so interesting mm. anyway big love to all of you and i uh, look forward to meeting you in the inner sanctum or in a private session if you want to have a private session and find out why you're here and what you're here to do and talk to your mob or my mob or the christ consciousness so important the christ consciousness the I am presence really is the Christ consciousness, understanding yourself as, as the divine and living from that perspective instead of the perspective of the ego, which is more rooted in separation and feeling separate, separate to love, separate to, separate to what you want, really, separate to joy, separate to feeling secure, separate to feeling happy, separate to that which you want, because the I am presence know that you, knows that, that part of you knows that you are one with all of it one with everything that you could ever desire big love to you and remember to get the book awakened by death i will see you soon bye for now